You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 22. And today we're talking about creating meaningful relationships in business and life. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm really excited to be uh, joining you here in your earbuds for yet another episode of the podcast. Oh my goodness, it is action stations around here as we're getting ready to be welcoming clients from all over Australia for our next Black Diamond Intensive And they're going to be flying in so that we can be working on their authority positioning and building their influence so that they can grow their business. I am super, super pumped. If that sounds interesting to you and you'd love to join us or you're interested in finding out more about how you can join us, connect with me on LinkedIn. Jump over to the show notes page and there's a link there that you can just click straight onto Uh, my profile and send me a message or just head over onto LinkedIn and look me up. I'm Samantha Riley, obviously. Yeah. And I can't, I can't wait, but it was great to have a breather and stop with the preparations for just a moment and speak with today's featured expert, Kate Mason, who is a business owner. She's an international keynote speaker. She's a Myers-Briggs types indicator presenter and coach. And she is lots of fun. We chatted about really setting up great relationships in our business and in our life. And Kate really understands what it means to need great relationships in business and life because she is in full-time business with her husband. They've been in business for their whole married life. They've been married for 32 years and she's still in love with her husband. I think that's absolutely phenomenal. This is someone that is walking her talk. Uh, I had a great, great interview with her. My, one of my team members edited this episode and sent it back and, and sent me a little message saying that he sat down and listened to it with his wife because there were so many nuggets in here that he wanted her to hear as well. And he, and he thanked us for having a great conversation. So I'd love to share that with you now. Let's welcome Kate Mason into the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Good afternoon, Kate. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Good afternoon, Samantha, and I'm very excited to be with you. That was so formal, and that is so not you and I. I don't even know. <laughs> Let's just put it straight out there. Kate, how are you today? <laughs> I am really well. It is that, a beautiful day here in Adelaide. <laughs> it's warm down there today. It's still winter, it and it's warm down there. It so is. It's awesome. wonderful. So cool. Now, I have invited you onto the show today to talk about the broad topic of 
people and understanding their personality types and how we can create relationships that matter. And this is something that's very dear to my heart as well, which I guess is why we've connected so well. But before we dive in and talk about what we're going to chat about today, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how you've got here to being a personality coach, because you have got the most incredible background that I'd love you to share with people. Okay. Well, it all started off when I actually got married 32 years ago tomorrow. And um, oh, my husband and I... Oh, thank you. <laughs> and we're still talking. That's even better. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. And I still like him. That's even better. Uh, we got married and my sister-in-law handed me a book called Personality Plus. And she said, you two are always arguing. You really need... It's written by Florence Litter. And she said to me, you really need to read this. And so I took it home and read it. My husband doesn't read, so he couldn't be bothered, but I read him the important parts. And we discovered <laughs> right there and then, at 26 years old that I was, that we were actually totally opposite personalities. And the reason why we were arguing was because in the ultimately, in the long run, we usually try to clone the person that we meet. No matter how different they are, in the long run, we end up trying to turn them into us. And that's what he and I were both doing. Um, he's a very different person to me, very driven, uh, thinks about business all the time, whereas I'm a very social person, love being with people, enjoy going out a lot. And that was where our arguments were all based around. So when we completed reading this book, we actually sat down and worked out whether we really wanted to be together for the rest of our lives because we were so different. However, we took a hold of it and went, right, no, we do love each other. And from there on in, it hasn't all been heaven and easy, but from there on in, we've managed to work out that the qualities of the other person are really important to us. And if we can learn to live with them and do different things with them, then that's very important. Mm. Now, we'd just taken on a, a business, a swim school business at that time, and we had 40-odd people working for us. And so this book also started me looking at all the different people that we employed and the people that were within our business. And then... You know, I gave birth to two children and one of them was so different from me that his toy room was neat and tidy, he kept his bedroom neat and tidy and by the time he was three I used to mess with his head a little bit and move toys just to see what his reaction was and he would notice straight away. Now, we're not that type of people. We're very casual, easygoing people and I knew right from the start that I had to work him out in order to bring him up the way that would be good for him and good for me. So I went back to this book, had another look. There he was sitting there in another personality temperament and started from there. And it was just such an interesting journey to utilise this book with all of my friends and the people in business that we were with. And about 13 years ago, I went and did something called the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, which talks about uh, how we look at the world and interact in the world. And that was just another piece to the puzzle of people, which was really, really important. And then I went and had a look at love languages. I've used all of these tools, but the thing is what I find is that not many people know about them or utilise them unless they're in big businesses, particularly with a Myers-Briggs type indicator or DISC. Do they ever come across this stuff? So small businesses have no idea of these tools that they could use. Can I just say straight up, 32 years married, not only is that phenomenal, not only do you 
still like him, but you've done it all while you've been in business. I just take my hat off. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we could leave. The, we could always leave the interview there, and everyone would yes. be left. <laughs> I know. I know. And boy, I have needed the understanding of my husband for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I love about you know what we're going to talk about is. The, the, all of the different ways that, that we can utilise these skills and mm-hmm. being able to understand people's personalities because not only are we in business and, and have staff, but we're also, a business is only part of our life. You know, if our relationships at home are not working in the best possible way, then when we're at, you know, at work, we're not in our best frame of mind. We're, when, you know, we're surrounded by all of these different people, not just in our business, but they all do relate back and affect our business. So, you know, not having these tools at our fingertips and being able to use them is going to help just so many different parts of our life and be able to bring the whole puzzle together. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're happy at home, you're going to go to work in a much better frame of mind and get along with those other people because, it, like you say, you are in a better, better mood. I mean, our relationships at home really are what our whole world is built around to a degree. So, yes, and, and in particular at the moment, I've written a book about parenting as well because it has made a huge difference with how I brought my children up and my understanding of how they structure their world and what they, the things they like to do. You know, for the example, just a quick example, my daughter's an extrovert and so am I. So extroverts talk, think and talk. So whenever my daughter would be doing an assignment, she would always want to talk and we would talk about everything. We'd talk about boyfriends and we'd talk about what was going on at school and then we'd get back to the assignment and then we'd talk a little bit more about something else and then she'd sit down and write and then she'd come out and talk some more. Now, some people would have thought, no, go back in your room, sit down there and write, don't say anything, off you go. Now, that's not the way an extrovert learns and understanding that helped me with her and helped her do her work. However, my son's an introvert and he would just go off into a room, write his stuff. He would come out and show me it and I would read it through, but he didn't need all of that stimulation and work like that. So he was very different to bring up and to parent and, in fact, the way that he studied stuff was really important too. Wow. Do you know I actually didn't know that about extroverts and that's really that's actually a really amazing piece just there. I know mm. that when I was writing my book, I, my first book, I wrote it away on retreat. And I remember my book coach saying to me, you know, Sam, how is it that you work and, and what's the best way for you to get this book written in a week? And I remember saying to him at the time, do not just put me in a corner somewhere in dead silence and expect me to write it <laughs> because I actually talk everything out. And I didn't yes. even know until you were talking about that, that it was actually a thing. I thought that was just me. But no. I, right now listening to that, I'm like, oh, all these, all these pieces just fell into place. And I went, now I know why yes. I should be constantly talking things through yep. before I can implement. 
because that's how our minds work. That's what makes us, everything makes sense to us. It's, it's like when we're talking, we visualise it, we verbalise it, we talk it through. And I always say to people, look, you know, an extrovert really does do something that's called a brain dump. So you get to hear everything that's in our brain and it may not be actually what's on the subject at the time. However, for us, that helps us sort our conversation. And I always say to people, if you're listening to an extrovert brain dump, just remember to get them back on the topic, <laughs> refocus where they're coming from, and then keep talking to them about it. But it's very important for us to do that. And yet my son, who is the one that's the introvert, he said to me once, I was quite worried about him too, and this is why I think this is important for parents, because he didn't have enough friends home from school to play with, according <laughs> to me. You know, he really needed to have a few more people around the place. And he sat me down, he was 13, and he said, Mum, you know all about this stuff. He said, I do not need people. I see enough of them at school. I don't need them around home with me. So let Cassie have her friends around and I'm quite happy. And I thought, wow, what a huge thing for a child to have actually said. So I did that from there on in. I, his friends never came home and I used to worry about whether he had any friends or not. However, when he left school, I found out he had a massive friendship group but they weren't invited home. <laughs> he, had a massive, he had a massive friendship group outside of the house of people that he chose to see when he wanted to or needed to, but he didn't always bring them home. Massive understanding around that. That's absolutely so, fascinating. And, mm. I, you know, even as we're talking, it does totally mm. make sense. But being able to shine a light onto this and say this is exactly what an introvert needs to be, you mm. know, operating at their at their full potential. This is the, what an extrovert needs to be operating in their full potential and completely understanding that we're all different and we all have different needs and, and to be able to support people in that. But also, as, as your son has kindly offered to you, that to please give me the space to be the best person I can be mm. in the way that I need it to happen. Absolutely. And I mean, this, this relates to every aspect of life. You know, it's not just your home life. It is very important in the business life as well. Um, I did work, I worked with a very big extrovert who actually was surrounded by introverts. And when we actually sat down and looked at what bothered them the most, it was the fact that he didn't give them time to think about what to say to him because introverts think, talk, think and sometimes they never talk again unless someone asks them the question so what he would do is come in and overwhelm them with conversation expect an answer immediately because uh extroverts you know their words are on the tip of their tongue and they can say anything instantly and they were very frustrated and so was he because they didn't give him the answers they wanted and they couldn't give him the answers they wanted because he wanted them too fast mm -hmm. so he learned that he either emailed them the information first and then they emailed the answer back or he emailed them telling them that when they spoke, these were the things he was going to be talking about. So could they have some kind of headset around the answers that they would like to give? So it gave them all a breather and an understanding of where they actually had to be. Fantastic. So for anyone that's listening right now and, you know, most people know I'm either an extrovert or an introvert and that's mm -hmm. fine. And, you know, even that probably, like me, maybe they've just got an aha or maybe they've just yeah. got yeah, now I know that that's the way I am. When we, you know, we need certain people around us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where do we start to understand 
to be able to put the right people in place to make sure that we're also being the best we can yes. be. Yes, yeah. I, I really personally think that you do need to understand yourself first. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a waste of time going out there trying to understand other people if you don't get what makes you tick. So therefore, if you don't understand um, who you are and how you appear to be to other people, how are you going to have an impact on them or even get a handle on understanding them? I mean, this is the thing I find with coaches. I actually ran a workshop for coaches because if they don't understand themselves and how they uh, coach and the style that they have, how can they expect to understand and get to those people that they're coaching? Mm. So if I'm coaching someone and they're an introvert, then I know now the way that I can interact with them and be with them rather than overwhelm them with my extroverted behaviour. If I'm, if I'm coaching an extrovert, then we just sit there and have a wonderful conversation, often talking over the top of each other, but we get each other. <laughs> it's great. So, so, I, so my thing is I just love the dimensions of the Myers-Briggs type indicator because their second dimension is um, how you interact in the world. No, not how you interact in the world, how you perceive the world. So whether you do it through your senses or your intuition. Now, intuitive thinkers, their ideas are always concepts and big picture and they're always looking for big solutions, whereas sensing people just see the details. They need to know how to get to the big picture, but it's not their first it's not their first point of call. Their first point of call is down the ladder, tell me what you want, tell me what you need. Now, in a business, often those two attract. So often two business partners will get together and one person will be saying, oh, look, I see our business being X. We're going to be out here one day. And the other person thinks, yes, that's wonderful. And how are we going to get there? And they're the detailed person that can put it together. Mm-hmm. However, if they don't understand that, they end up being frustrated with each other because once you start moving down the path and you're not thinking the same as each other, then you can actually get annoyed because the big picture person would be thinking, why does he worry about all those little details? And the detailed person is going, his ideas are crazy. We're never going to reach those ideas if if he puts them forward like that. So if you understand each other, to me, that's a wonderful combination to have in a working environment. My husband and I are sensing people and we seek intuitive people to give us a big picture outlook on our businesses to see where we might end up because for us it's really hard to imagine so if we talk to someone they say look I can see you having x amount of swim schools here or Kate when I first announced that I was going to become a a personality coach my intuitive girlfriend said to me oh Oh, my goodness, she said, I can see you on stage already. She said, you're going to be fantastic. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, you've got to be kidding. I said, let me write my web page and, and I've got to get together all, my, all of my work materials. And I saw her big picture five years after I'd been in business. I finally stood up at a teacher's conference and I thought, here I am. I'm in my friend's big picture, but I never saw this picture myself when I first started. Wow. So if you don't have that combination, I mean, I always talk about Richard Branson. He's the biggest intuitive that most people know. So he often has big ideas, but they don't always turn out because he hasn't necessarily got the base to all of those ideas. But he's probably got a lot of sensing people working beneath him who help him reach his dreams and reach Mm. his ideas. So to me, that's a really important understanding. We have an intuitive person who works for us in one of our businesses. And he came to me once um, and said, Kate, I'd like to paint my office black. 
Now, in our swim school, his office is right by the door. And I said, why, Richard? And he said, well, he said, Batman's office is black. And his <laughs> cave is black and he loves Batman and he loves figures, figuring, you know, that type of yes, cartoon yes. characters. He said the kids would love it when they walked in. So I, I said to him, look, really, Richard, we're sensing, okay, we're not, we're not going to go with this. You can have a picture of Batman on your wall but nothing else. And he said, oh, okay then. So he said, I'm flying in a jumbo cage and you're in a Cessna. Is that correct? Now, for me, that visual image of an intuitive and a sensing person is fantastic because the intuitive is often flying in the biggest aircraft available and the sensing person's all in that small detail. So he said to me, I need to fly in a middle-sized aircraft to get your attention, do I? And I said, yeah, fantastic analogy. Yes, you do. So about three weeks later, he came to us and he said, look, could we have a dress-up week? where all the kids come after school and they dress up in their favourite costumes to come swimming in. Mm -hmm. And they don't swim in the pool in those costumes, but they come to the pool. Now, of course, being a sensible, detailed person, I thought, oh, my goodness, those poor parents have to remember the bathers and they have to remember these outfits. However, I got past that and I thought, right, this is a middle-sized aircraft. So I said to him, yes, let's do it. Now, for our business, it was one of the best weeks ever. The wow. children were so excited. It was fantastic. And it really was something very memorable. So, you know, it's, it's all about moderating things but listening to the other person. It's, it's just very important and very, yeah. Super. What I'm actually hearing as I'm listening to that is a lot of people when they're starting off their businesses and you know, they don't have the 40 staff and, and most coaches and consultants, you know, when they start off, it's absolutely them and them alone. Mm, mm. And what I'm hearing is, and it's something I say all the time, I understand that we can't do everything alone. For the, pe- for the really big picture people, yes. without those people there, what I'm hearing is that it probably keeps them still for longer than mm. they could be because we mm. do need those people around us to balance mm. us out. So for people that are listening that are in that, I guess, you know, they're at the beginning, they're, yeah. they're the extroverts, yeah. they're the talk, think, talk yeah. people, they haven't yeah. got anyone to talk things through, where could you even begin? I mean, I know I've just asked oh. you a question that's how long is a piece of string? No, no, no. no. You've got some... <laughs> tips for us well well, the thing is actually if you are an expert you're probably out there networking and talking all the time anyway so you're bound to come across a lot of people who are happy to talk with you now you know they don't have to be a business person in fact a lot of the people that I talk to about my business are friends or they're people that I've met via networking events and things like that that have become my friends. In fact, my husband says, please don't make any more friends. Just go out and make us some money. That's a, you know, it's a never-ending never story. I don't quite manage to cut that. However, I think we share our ideas with so many people that have great ideas for us that aren't necessarily partners in our business or aren't necessarily in the same business as us because everybody has got great ideas. Now, I think it's actually harder almost for the introvert who might be a big picture person in business who doesn't necessarily go out and talk to as many people and be able to get in contact with as many people. And I always encourage the introverts to seek 
people on terms that suit them in a quiet one-to-one situation and to express their ideas and what they want and where they would like to be because often they don't talk mm-hmm. unless someone is encouraging them to talk or unless they've thought of something, thought something through. Often for you and I, Samantha, often I don't know whether your husband is an introvert, but often they'll come out with things later on and go, well, when you said so-and-so, you know, three days ago, that really meant or that really hurt me or whatever. And I think, you've got to be kidding me. Three days ago? That was so long ago. Why would you be sitting on this this whole time? And they sit on things for ages. And it's not until they deem it important enough or it happens to come up in conversation that these things come out. So a person in business actually needs to be a person thinking about, you know, what they can get out of conversations with other people. And if you've got an understanding around yourself and the person that you are, then you can have those conversations. But if you have no idea, then to me it makes the whole thing a lot harder. So, Because I also, you know, the, the other, there are two other dimensions to the Myers-Briggs and one of them is thinking and feeling. So it's how you look at the world, whether you're a logical uh, thinker or a person who has values, who values harmony. Now, the logical thinker's conversation, they can all think and all feel, but the logical thinker's conversation is often a much more direct, concise, constructive, verbal conversation. And the the feeling person's is much more emotive and contains words like I feel, etc. Now, when these two people are in a conversation, they often don't understand each other or, or get each other. And I say to people that... The feeling people are often hurt by thinking people's conversation because they don't understand that it's not a bad conversation. It's just that these people actually have a different language to mm. them and that their language is so much more logical and concise. So, for example, my daughter, she gets text messages from, she's a thinking person who gets text messages from very loving, feeling friends. And they're often things like, oh, Cassie, I love you. You're just the best person in the world. Uh, thank you so much for being my friend. And Cass will come out and she'll look at me and she'll kind of go, oh, what do I do with this? <laughs> and, I, and she knows. She knows what to do with it. But she says, all right, all right, I know, I know. And she actually takes her time, but she goes back and she thinks of an answer that she knows will suit and that person's style, their feeling style, because she'd just like to write, great, that's mm. it. Yes. Okay. But she comes back with an answer that says, I oh, love you too. You're, you know, you're a darling friend. Thank you so much for the text. Because in our society, we don't, we don't learn to understand those two differences of languages. And if you don't know them, then you actually can't get into somebody else's shoes and see the world from their view if you haven't got that view or the understanding of the opposite view. Absolutely. So, I can see the biggest, uh, the biggest advantage of this um, as a business owner, I can see it in email because mm. now it doesn't have the mm. feeling, you know, behind, you haven't got the, the person standing in front of you. You can't see, no. you can't hear the tonality. You can't see their body language and you're just seeing the words. So being able to pull that apart very easily because how many of us get offended by an email? Oh, absolutely. I, I did this week. <laughs> <laughs> and I came in and I was like, oh, and I've learned to walk away because yes. I am that person that is like yes. a bull at a gate to go, yes. no, I'm not going to answer that straight away because I'm actually hurt by it and to come back and, and have a more mm-hmm. logical hat mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Where? Absolutely. Where well, the you... thing was. Sorry. Well, the, sorry. No, no, no. The thing is, like, we actually had a man. We had a managers meeting several years ago. There were four manager and assistant managers. There were about fourteen of us in the room, and my husband is a thinking person. His emails are shocking. They are so direct. So he might write, "John, check the pool filter, Paul." Right. So when we sat down and we discussed these these things. Uh, half the staff were very feeling and they actually said to my husband, we hate your emails. They hurt our feelings. You never ask, how are you? How was your day? You never, you never sign it, thanks, Paul, or um, how's it going? And so when that came back, I said to him, now, you understand that was feedback and you have to really change the way that you present your emails. You don't have to do it to all of them because the other half were thinkers and they said, we love your emails. They're short, sharp, shiny, suit us. We don't, we don't want any fluff or anything in them. So whenever he now writes an email to our feeling staff, he reads it through for me and I add in the little fluffy bits for him because <laughs> that's me. And he, it just has to be, how are you? Or mm. how was your day? And not just sign off Paul, but thanks, Paul, or have a great day or whatever. They're happy and he's made the effort. But often people don't want to make the effort and the, most, the people that challenge that the most often in my workshops are the thinking people because they say, well, why should I change? Why don't they change for me? And I say to them, well, you're the one with the knowledge. So if you want to be, as my brother once said, the sharpest tool in the shed, mm-hmm. then you need to change your behaviour to get the best out of people. Absolutely. And that's basically how it is. Absolutely. Now, you talked before about the, all the different modalities that you use, Myers-Briggs, DISC, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. languages. I love all of them. Mm-hmm. Where and, you, and you've mentioned that we need to know ourselves first, which I think is mm-hmm. super, super important where is the best place for us to start? And once we do know our personality type, how do we then not only, you know, understand ourselves, but use that as a tool to deal with other people or to, uh, you know, to collaborate, to engage, communicate with other people? Yeah. Well, I, I think your best start is that, look, you know, when, when we talk in terms of DISC, this book that I have called Personality Plus is still around. Florence Littauer is about 100 years old, but the book itself is still around because it comes from Hippocrates' um, temperaments. Now, Hippocrates as, Hippocrates, as we're well known, was born a very, very long time ago, and people are still the same. Now, DISC is actually part of, DISC actually takes their um, profiles off the Hippocrates um, profiles that he came up with. And Mm -hmm. so does Personality Plus. So Personality Plus was actually written before the DISC program came through. And to me, it's a great read. It is religious. And I say to people, if you're religious, embrace it. If you're not, let it go and just read the book. Because that's a very simple temperament book that actually helps you understand your temperaments. Now, temperaments are your behaviours. So whether you're hasty or abrupt or um, happy or, you know, good-natured, that will tell you those things. Now, if you do the Myers-Briggs type indicator, then I always say to people, you're really better to get it presented by somebody who knows their stuff, like myself, um, because people can do a lot of them online. And if they're online and they're called a test, they're not actually the Myers-Briggs type indicator itself because it's actually a psychological instrument that's been thoroughly tested with its wording to make sure that people don't um, choose the wrong word Mm -hmm. because it's written as such. So most of the things that are online are not um, Myers-Briggs because naturally you have to pay 
something to have Myers-Briggs type indicator done. Um, however, I think I'm a very reasonably priced person to do that with because a lot of people come to me and they say, I've done it online and these are my results. And when I've run the workshop with them, that's not what they were at all. Oh. So I, I, it's something that really needs talking through because I think that a lot of the time we'd like to be somebody and we choose certain things that we are and it's not actually the case. Um, that type of thing I think is really important. The love languages massively important for everybody in your life as well. I've run them for a workplace. Uh, it's not called love languages. It's, it's called something else for the workplaces. But really important to know what makes you feel loved and accepted. Absolutely. I remember you know, working with a business. It was years and years ago now. And it was the first time, I guess, that I'd really realised. I was listening to this business owner talking about her staff and one of her staff was really bucking up they were really locking horns and I was listening to the way they were speaking to each other and neither of them was right or wrong as yes. is probably the case. And I just said to her, you, you understand that your staff person is a words of affirmation. Like mm -hmm. she needs you to tell mm -hmm. her that is great work. They were in a creative yeah. environment. That looks beautiful. Thank you for mm -hmm. your time. You're, you know, you need to be saying these yes. things said you're not giving her any of that at all and as soon as she realized that they got along so much better and she dodged a bullet that staff member nearly yep. left, and it was just because she was feeling unloved and and unworthy really Ab absolutely and really really important one of our staff members was sick the other day and my husband said oh really when she said she was sick um, <laughs> <laughs> oh Oh, really? I can't believe it. Not again. And uh, okay, have the day off. Um, I text the staff member later and said, look, you know, I hope you're feeling better and you're going to be okay because she's a feeling person and she's also a words of affirmation person. And she, the text she sent back was, oh, look, you know, thank you so much for caring, etc." So I agree. Knowing and understanding those are very important because I'm an acts of service um, love language person, spend my whole time tidying up to my kids, never any appreciation on anything. My daughter would go, well, I'd say, look, I've tidied your bedroom. She'd say, so? <laughs> now, of course, I'd leave all upset because nothing was filled. I sat her down when she was 18 and I said, right, this is how it is. Do this quiz. And I knew what she was and she's words of affirmation and gifts. And it only has to be a can of Diet Coke you know, yes. to make her happy. It doesn't have to be anything big. But I noticed when a friend affirmed her once and I'd been nagging at her, how much she bloomed. You actually can see she straightened up, her face lit up, and she responded so well to this friend. I just kept thinking to myself, Kate, you've got to remember <laughs> affirmation. You know, this is the thing. Stop making her dinner and stop tidying up her bedroom. Affirm her and tell her how wonderful she is. Well, at least when she does it. That's yes. always a good thing too. So it's very, very important. So there are, there are different things that we can do, do or different tests that we can do to understand ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about understand, we, you know, we did talk a little bit then about understanding others, mm -hmm. but what, mm -hmm. can you give us some examples, and you've, I understand that you've given us a couple now, mm -hmm. of ways that it can turn our business around. How can, mm -hmm. how can understanding people's personalities put money in our pocket? Because that's what we hear as business owners. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that if someone feels understood and feels that you're coming to them from their direction, then you are going to be able to do business with anybody. So if you can listen for 
cues in their language, if you can watch their body language, if you can understand. So if you're a thinking person and you're dealing with a think, a feeling person, if you can get in there and change your language and come at it from their point of view or their language set, if you can just make someone feel like they're special, then I think you have got them in the bag. Mm. I think in business, you know, when, when we talk, I mean, I do customer service talks and I talk about it with my staff all the time. For a start, I always say smile when you greet people. You know, it's the number one thing. There's the thing called the resting bitch face and the resting <laughs> bastard face, which is out there on the internet, which is there is a clip and it's tasteless, but it's really funny. It's actually and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I love it. And it cracks me up every time. And it's the fact that we don't understand how we look in repose and, you know, and what our face looks like to other people. Yes. A smile is really welcoming. You know, your tone of voice has to be welcoming. If you're dealing with someone in business and you see their thought pattern and not act like you understand it, but accept that there's somebody else's different ideas and reasoning for things and you don't um, argue against anything and you can see it through their eyes, then I just think you've got it. You, You have will have won that person over. So when I'm working with my staff and I'm working with my customers, my daughter did say one day as I'm a bit bouncy and someone came in and I said, hello, how are you? How was your day? As they walked past the, the reception desk and they said, oh, hi, yeah, good, thank you. And they went through my daughter looked at me and she said, Mum, you could see they were trying to avoid you, you know, just <laughs> let them go, you know. And so, therefore, my reading of everybody isn't necessarily that correct. So I took from that and I thought, okay, so I'm much more careful about watching who I bounce on and who I don't and how to approach those people and the manner to approach them in. And I think once you people watch for long enough, you can actually work out a lot of things about different people. When I'd first read that book, Personality Plus, I'm a sanguine, so the extrovert plus, and I used to be, I'm a school teacher as well, and I used to bowl into the staff room and hug everybody in sight and say hi. And when I read this book, I realised that when I went to the staff room, there were actually a lot of people that kind of shrank back Mm -hmm. from me as I walked towards them. And once I realised that, I changed my whole manner. When I met them, I spoke quietly. I did not approach them in any physical form. And they were so much more relaxed, just simple things about awareness of stuff. So therefore, if you've got clients and you're sitting talking to them and you can be as much like them as possible and see the world from their view, then you're naturally going to be able to sell them your product or have a conversation with them that's going to be worthwhile to them as well yeah so it's not a what I, it's not about manipulating people no. at all it's oh, about except sam uh, yeah can i stop you there I can i stop you there this. This, this is yeah. great <laughs> okay so i spoke to uh, 25 accountants one day and we we went through the mars briggs type indicator and and i said to them because i'm feeling right so i said to them Oh, look, it's all about popping yourself in someone else's shoes and looking at the world from their angle. And uh, one of them put their hand up and they said, so you mean manipulating people? And I thought, oh, you idiot, Kate, you're talking to a bunch of thinkers. So I said, no. I said, actually, if that's what you like to think, then yes, you're manipulating them. 
Now, for me, that language is just rich to the core. And I think, oh, you can't be manipulating one. So I came home and I spoke to my family and they're all thinkers. And I said, so guys, are you putting yourself in someone else's shoes or are you manipulating them? And they all said, oh, manipulating them. Of course, you're getting them to do what you want to do. <laughs> so we all know the personality type of Sam straight off the bat. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you sit there and you go, you know what, that's, that's me being me and not thinking about their perception of the world. Mm-hmm. So their perception is very different. When I spoke to my brother, he's an intuitive thinker, and I said to him, so he's done the Myers-Briggs, he was high up in the bank, had done the Myers-Briggs type indicator several times, messed with it a bit, changed, changed all the things because that's what he likes to do. And I said to him, so do you really believe in this and what you do? And he said, look, Kate, I believe in it because it gets me the best out of the people that work with me. But it's not my thing, you know, but I really do believe in how it has that effect on people. So I use it because it works. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's something he would choose to use, but he knows it works, so he does. So therefore, when you look at it, it's the same, if I could just have a quick story here, my son and I are sitting there and I'm a glass half, half full girl and he's a glass half empty. And I sat there one day and I said, Jack, you know, let's not be pessimistic about this, shall we? You know, there's all of this good stuff on the other side. And he said to me, actually, mum, you've got it all wrong. He said, the problem with you is that you go out there into the world and you just expect so much good to happen and sometimes you're disappointed. He said, I go out there and I expect the worst out of everything. And a lot of the time it's not. It's fantastic. So he said, I actually think I have the better end of the deal. So us people who have that, you know, oh, life is, you know, the optimism the pessimist doesn't necessarily agree with that. And when he told me that, I thought, you know what, you're right. And I've never looked at life through a pessimist's eyes. And so he said, so I protect myself. I don't get hurt like you do. I'm okay. Isn't that, especially mm. in the coaching world, when we're all taught to look mm. you know, at things through a positive lens, for people mm. that it's naturally, that is a natural way to look at things. Yes, that's great because that just mm. amplifies what they already believe in. But I can Absolutely. see now, I know I've never thought about that before. You've got some <laughs> smart kids, by the way, Kate. Can I do okay? <laughs> that there would be some people that are in coaching and just constantly having a, oh, I can't even think of it, like their brain's just going, hang on, I'm, I'm fighting against that yes. all the time yes. and it doesn't make sense. Yes. And, and probably beating themselves up in a way and mm. thinking, you know, mm. What, what am I doing wrong? Yes. That's- so sometimes you wonder if you go with the pessimism and, and you let them sit in it because that's their natural thing and you get them as optimistic around that pessimistic side as you possibly can. You know, like it's because they look at us and go, look at those people, they're always, you know, full of hope and all the rest of it. And really they get knocked down all the time. So we're busy, little optimists thinking, oh, we've got the best outlook on life. We're just the best. But who's to say? Who's to say? Incredible, incredible. Mm. Look, we're having this amazing conversation, Kay, and I know that there's going to be people like me listening and going, I really (laughs) want to know more about this and to open up this conversation with you further. What is the best way for people to, to reach out and connect with you? 
Look, currently the best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a personal message and I'll get back to you and see how we can connect and have a chat with you. I'm, I'm quite capable of doing the Myers-Briggs type indicator online. You don't have to be here in Adelaide where I am and love languages and all the rest of it. It's, it's very easy for me to take those seminars online. And as you can tell, I love talking to people. So um, I, give me your phone number because that's my, my best way of communicating. I do find writing long things because the way I talk, I talk so much that by the time I've written something, it's, it's a real headache. So love to talk to people. Um, and I would love to hear from anybody that might be interested. And can I just say, I really encourage you to reach out. Kate and I actually met originally on LinkedIn. <laughs> and we did. And we jumped on the phone and had an amazing conversation. It felt like we were best friends within. Absolutely. Uh, probably because we're both Adelaide girls. Yes. Uh, I'm originally from Adelaide, but we, you know, Kate's a great person to have a chat with. Very knowledgeable and you're just so inspiring, Kate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so are you, Samantha. Oh, thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fangirl moment over. <laughs> exactly. What, look, we've been talking about personalities. We could talk mm. about this all day because there's mm. so many different ways that we can look at this. And I, I think we could almost talk about this for a week and I would still, you know, I, Absolutely. understanding people is something that really, really floats my boat. It's, I yeah. love people watching. I love getting to know people and, and listening and finding out different ways to communicate with people. What is something that you can leave us with? What's your parting words of right. wisdom? Something that, that really helps us to understand, you know, what we've been okay. talking about today. Okay. Well, when I, when I do my talks and my presentations, I start off with one thing and I talk about perception. Now, perception is our take out on the world. Now, our perception is unique. Everybody has a unique perception on every single thing that is said and done and the things that are, um, happen around us. And they're all to do with your personality, your upbringing, your schooling, your friendship groups, your parents, where you were brought up. So what happens for us is that whenever we see a situation, it's always going to be taken in differently by, somebody else, by someone else. So whenever you are talking to someone, you need to be aware that somebody is taking that in differently. So their perception is not necessarily going to be the way that you mean it to be said. So I often say to people, check in with people about their take on what you've just said because you might find that they actually have no idea about the meaning that you had attached to what you'd said to them and they might be thinking it's something else. I'm sure that all of you have come across times in life when you've said something and someone hasn't taken it the way you've said it. So my advice is think about it. Think about every time you say something, how it could possibly be taken by somebody else. Because off, too often we make mistakes and ruin friendships and have arguments about things because we, of just that factor, that we don't acknowledge that people think differently from us. So my take is talk, get people to understand, work out where people are coming from. It's a great journey. I love it. I love it too. Connect. It's what yes. people are craving. We're in this technology world which is amazing but technology mm -hmm. is the vehicle to help us connect even more take it further open up yep. and talk have a chat 
Love it, Absolutely. Kate. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. I'm uh, really looking forward to chatting with you again and having you back. Thank on the you. Show. Thanks so much. Thank you, Samantha. I really had a great time and I look forward to hopefully sharing something with the, your listeners. Thank Sounds you very great. much, Kennedy. See you later on. Bye. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Business Lab.